Here's today's transformational truth. Limiting beliefs prevent us from living from our purpose. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Transformational Truths. Here's today's transformational truth. Limiting beliefs prevent us from living from our purpose. I want to talk to you today about the importance of understanding limiting beliefs and more specifically, the importance of cultivating a healthy and life-giving mindset. Um, Earlier this year, I released my new book, Seven Deadly Thoughts, and we take some pretty deep dives into these concepts. But today, I wanted to bring some of these concepts to you through transformational truths. Uh, There's a lot of different ideas and thoughts about limiting beliefs or limiting mindsets. As a matter of fact, this has become a very popular conversation in our culture. If you're familiar with the new uh, social media app um, Clubhouse, you you know that you can't jump into a Clubhouse room without hearing this conversation. Everybody today is talking about limiting beliefs. Everybody today is talking about limiting mindsets. And it's become a very, very popular conversation. In fact, today, uh, it's not uncommon to hear uh, from mindset coaches, right, or belief coaches. These are actually new streams of revenue income for people who just have a burden to help people adopt an abundant mindset. Uh, and, but, but I think a lot of people would be surprised to discover that this is not a new concept. It's not a new idea. Guess what, everybody? The Bible actually addresses the issue of beliefs, limiting beliefs, limiting mindsets, abundant mindsets, thousands of years ago. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Corinthian church, addresses this issue in his second letter. And here's what he says. He says that we, though we walk in the flesh, we war not according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so the Apostle Paul is actually having this conversation, addressing the issue of limiting beliefs, but he uses a different language. He calls them strongholds, these these mindsets that establish themselves in our own minds that we end up using throughout the course of our life. We end up building our lives around these, these limiting beliefs. Now, what is a stronghold? Well, there's several definitions out there. I think one of, one of the most common uh, definitions of a stronghold, I think, was offered to us by a great uh, thought leader and speaker, Joyce Meyer, in her book, Battlefield of the Mind. Here's what she says. She says, a stronghold is an area in which we are held in bondage. It's any part of our lives in which Satan imprisons us. He does this by causing us to think a certain way, a way that is based on lies we have been told. Now, I would like to offer you my definition of a limiting belief. Okay. A limiting belief or a stronghold is simply believing that a lie is true. That's it. It's simply believing that a lie is true. And oftentimes we believe that a lie is true very early in our life or in our career. 
or in our relationships, in our marriages, and we begin to build our life based upon that lie. And I think one of the misconceptions around a stronghold is that we think that if we were entertaining one, if we were living our lives based upon limiting beliefs, that it would be obvious. We would know that. But, but, but that's not true. The fact of the matter is, is that these strongholds or limiting beliefs creep into our lives very, very quietly. They never come announced. And uh, without knowing it, we begin to build our life around it. And it's usually not until we're left at some point down the road picking up the pieces of, of broken relationships or, or disappointment or pain or resentment that we realize something's off. Something's wrong. How did I get here? I want to give you some examples of some limiting beliefs, some very common limiting beliefs that many of us have to deal with or wrestle with throughout the course of our lives. Uh, how about this one? I'm too old to do anything with my life. Okay. I'm too young to make an impact. These are two off the bat, two very common limiting beliefs that I hear all the time. Uh, I'm too broke to make a difference. I'm too hurt to ever be in a healthy relationship. My past is too messy. I've made too many mistakes, right? Um, nothing works out for me. Oftentimes, we don't even realize it, but we end up echoing these limiting beliefs. They end up actually coming out of our mouths. We use them commonly in our language. I'm in too deep of a mess. I am too deep in debt. Uh, I could never start a business. I just don't, my mind doesn't think that way. I could never do anything new with my life. These are all examples of limiting beliefs that we begin to entertain at some stage in our lives. And we carry them into our decision-making process. And what we don't realize is that these limiting beliefs are not a part of God's plan or purpose for our life. And it's not that God is limited, and it's not that God wants, doesn't want to do something new in our life. It's that we have limited ourselves, or sometimes we've actually limited what we believe God wants to do through us. And these are the limiting beliefs that I want to talk to you about today. These are the issues that are often holding us, holding us back. Okay. Because these, these strongholds, these limiting beliefs, uh, they have a way of weaving themselves in and out of every part of our lives. And, and oftentimes, here's what happens. When a limiting belief is established, um, we become slaves to fear rather than ambassadors of faith. Yeah, we, we, listen, we start retreating when we should be defeating. It happens all the time because quitting is a mindset. It's one of the most dangerous strongholds that can hinder us from stepping into God's best for our lives. Okay. Uh, but listen to me carefully. Quitting does not prove your control. It only proves that pain has set up a stronghold in your thinking and that it is controlling you. The reason many of us are so frustrated is because we're trying to live a transformed life without experiencing a transformed mind. Listen to me. That's not possible. It can't be done. Our lives will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And thinking deadly thoughts will result in often making dangerous decisions. And the Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, don't be conformed to the world. He said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our lives are transformed as our minds are constantly being renewed. Every single day we're moving and we're thinking forward. Okay, and, and until we experience a transformed mind, we're never going to experience that transformed life. No matter how hard we try to prop up our lives, 
with new quote-unquote behaviors, our lives are always going to default back to the way we think. I mean, the scripture tells us that early in, uh, in Israel's history, after they were released from Egyptian bondage, that they were technically free, but they were still thinking like, like slaves. Why? Proverbs 23, verse 7, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Can I tell you guys something? What I've discovered in this Christian life, that oftentimes our limiting beliefs can be tied directly to how we think about God. In fact, one of the most important questions we need to ask ourselves is how do we see God? I think it was A.W. Tozer who said that this is one of the most important things about a man. He needs to be able to answer, how do I see God? Because the way we see God will ultimately determine how we relate to people and how we see ourselves. I've often said the two most important questions, number one is how do I see God? Number two is how do I see me? Okay, and this shows up in the way we relate to God and ultimately the way we relate to each other. One of the most important things that I discovered a few years ago, I came into understanding what the Scripture defines as the new covenant. The Bible says that God is a covenant God. As a matter of fact, did you know that there's at least five covenants in the Bible? Uh, some have suggested maybe there's more, but the truth is uh, the more covenants that are mentioned really just reference one of the original five. Now, the final covenant was established with the blood of Jesus at the cross. And I want to address some of these, these mindsets, some of these faulty ideas about God, because we do not understand that we're living in a new covenant, and we don't understand that at the cross, everything changed in the life of a believer. And I have talked to countless leaders and countless believers who have been serving God most of their lives and did not understand what was accomplished at the cross. And because we don't understand what was accomplished at the cross, we began to entertain these limiting beliefs about God, and they have held us back for years. And I'd like to offer you a few examples, okay? A few examples of understanding strongholds before the cross. And then I want to give you some truth that can set you free. Because we don't live before the cross, we live after it. All right, so before the cross, the stronghold says, God's love for you is very fragile and it's very conditional. But after the cross, according to Scripture, the Bible says that God's love for you is radical and it's actually unconditional. Okay, before the cross, the stronghold says that God tolerates you but doesn't really like you very much. After the cross, the Bible says that God fully knows you and He fully loves you. Wow. That's incredible. God knows everything about you, but he, he loves you and I anyway. Before the cross, under the Old Covenant, uh, the stronghold says that in order to stay in good standing with God, you have to keep impressing Him every day, and you better impress Him more today than you did yesterday. But guess what? I've got good news for you. After the cross, you're not only in good standing with God, but you are the righteousness of God, and you are seated with Him in heavenly places. Wow. Before the cross, the stronghold says that sin has more power than the cross itself. But the good news of the gospel declares that the power of sin was broken at the cross. And the Lord declares that by His Son, sin no longer has authority over your life. Yeah, before the cross, that old stronghold, that limiting belief about God would tell you that if you're perfect today, then God will be good with me, that He'll like you. Okay, But that if you make a mistake and, and sin, He's going to walk away from you. But listen, I've got... I've got really good news. You ready? After the cross, all of your sins were judged and condemned in the body of Jesus. 
so that after the cross you are in good standing with God. And are you ready for this? There is no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's good news. Before the cross, the stronghold says that favor, the favor of God is earned by doing enough good things for God. <laughs> but after the cross, you ready for this? This is where you live, believer, after the cross. You place your faith in Jesus, and because of that, you stand right now in the place of undeserved privilege. Okay, Not because of your sacrifice, but because of Jesus's. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Before the cross, these limiting beliefs, these strongholds always put the emphasis on you. But the gospel does not place the emphasis on you or me or our perfection. It places the emphasis on Jesus. The good news is what Jesus has done, not what you have done. Thank God. Hallelujah. So before the cross, we were sort of convinced that one day we're going to be righteous and one day we're going to be holy. You know, one of these days I'll get there. You ready for this? After the cross, living in this new covenant, when you placed your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you were made righteous and you were made holy in that moment. In fact, the scripture says that God supplied everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you need is in Jesus and Jesus is living and abiding on the inside of you. See, these are some of the most limiting beliefs that, that we live in and, and go through life with. We, we often go through life never addressing these limiting beliefs and they hinder us, don't they? It's hard to walk by faith if you're not sure what God thinks about you. In fact, if you haven't made up your mind about what God thinks about you, then you'll begin to question every time you run into adversity and difficulty if God is trying to teach you a lesson because you haven't performed with enough perfection. No, I'm sorry. But in the body of Jesus, all of our failures, our mistakes, our weaknesses, our sins, yes, they were judged in the body of Christ so that you and I could receive the righteousness of God and become the righteousness of God. If you put your faith in Jesus, you believe he died and rose again, I've got good news. You're born again, and the scripture says you are in good standing with God. You see, before the cross, we live with this limiting belief that said, I should wake up every day with fear in my heart. Oh my goodness, I should be afraid. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I recently had somebody express that they, they were concerned that I wasn't scared enough. I wasn't afraid enough of whatever was happening in the world. I lovingly and gently reminded them that the Bible says He never gives us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know why? You no longer need to fear because perfect love casts out fear, and God will never give you the spirit of fear. Yeah. Before the cross, um, we were convinced that I have to earn every, every, every single good thing from God. I've got to earn it. I've got to earn it. Every time I turn off, I've got to earn something new from God. But after the cross, I simply receive every good thing from my Father, by faith. Okay, Strongholds are lies that we believe are true, and some of the most damaging, in fact, not some, but I would say the most damaging strongholds that we have encountered are lies that the enemy has told us are true about God. Because we did not understand that we serve a covenant God. We do not live under an old covenant. We live under a new covenant. In fact, can I be honest with you? The most dangerous understanding of covenants is not, is not necessarily old or new, but mixture. It's thinking, well, I, you know, I just enough grace, you know, and um, just enough, just enough law, just enough trying to earn and just enough trying to receive. No, ladies and gentlemen, mixture is poison. When I try to mix the covenants, what I'm actually doing is spiritually poisoning myself. And you might be tempted to say, well, hold on there, Pastor Travis. You, you're saying the law of God doesn't matter? Oh, no, no. I respect the law of God tremendously, tremendously. In fact, I respect it enough to know that I cannot keep it in its entirety. 
And anybody that says they can, well, quite frankly, that's just religious pride. I mean, the Bible says if I've broke one of the laws, I've broken all of them. And the fact of the matter is, is the law of God was designed to shut the mouths of men, <laughs> to make us stop bragging and, and trying to pretend that we have somehow attained righteousness. No, sir, ma'am, we have not attained righteousness in our own. Self-righteousness is no righteousness. But the moment we placed our faith in Jesus, we became the righteousness of God. Yeah, we became righteous and we became holy. You are holy, you are set apart, you are righteous. You are not becoming more holy, you are not becoming more righteous. Contrary to popular belief, I hear that a lot. Well, be more holy, you got to be more holy. Listen to me. That is a limiting belief about God. You are as holy as you are ever going to be because Jesus is living inside of you. For someone to tell you that you need to be more holy, listen to me, listen to how ridiculous this sounds. You've got to be more holy. Wait a minute. If I am as holy as Jesus is holy because he abides inside of me, you mean I need to add holiness to Jesus? That's crazy. That's ridiculous. You know what is happening, though? You are maturing in your righteous and holy identity every single day of your life. You're maturing. Right? You were born again. You were born again. The scripture uses this language like, like a child, like a babe, right? A baby being born. You were born again, righteous and holy. It's incredible. And every day, just like a child, you're maturing in that identity. And thank God for His glorious and wonderful grace because, you know, this new covenant, you know, it's based on the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. It is a covenant of grace established and ratified with the blood of Jesus at the cross. And so today I wanted to bring some transformational truth to you. And that is that you do not have to be held captive to these limiting beliefs. If you put your faith in Jesus, you believe in that blood that He shed on that cross, your faith is in Christ, then guess what? He did not cover your sins. He removed them from you. As far as the east is from the west. When your father looks at you, he sees you as righteous. Not just positionally righteous. Not just spiritually seated with Christ. But you are actually a new creation. You're righteous. So, you're in good standing with God, which means you can live your life knowing you are favored by God. You are accepted by the Father. You are His son or you are His daughter. You're a new creation. His DNA is in you now. And every day you're maturing and every day you're growing. And God's love for you is not based upon your ability to perform to perfection. Thank God. God's love for you is based upon the fact that you're his son or his daughter. You're created in his image. And that all of our imperfections and all of our sins and all of our failures were judged in the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. That's why we celebrate the cross. And so I hope in this episode of Transformational Truth, you experienced a different kind of freedom, the kind of freedom of knowing that we can celebrate the good news of the gospel of grace because we are free. We're free. We're free now to live not for acceptance, but from it. We're free knowing we've already been accepted by God through Jesus, his son. We're free to achieve from a sense of purpose and fulfillment and destiny, not in order to earn anything, but because we've already been given everything. Wow. Hallelujah. You see, these are some of the most dangerous and deadly strongholds in our lives. Oh, there's other strongholds, absolutely. This, these thoughts that I'm too old to do anything with my life or too young to make an impact or too broke to make a difference or my life is too messy. <laughs> nope. Uh, as a believer, you know what God does? He redeems everything, everything. Your age, sir or ma'am, does not limit God's purpose for your life. As a matter of fact, I feel led to say this to somebody that's listening. I declare this. Your latter days are going to be greater than your former days. 
Regardless of how young you think you are, you think you're too young to make an impact? Nope. You are a believer. You're a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God. You are righteous royalty. You are poised in position to make an impact right now. In the words of Timothy, or in the words of Paul to his protege Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. Well, yeah, but what about the messes I've made in my life, Pastor Travis? I've made so many messes, there's no way God could work through my life. Oh, on the contrary, God is a specialist. He specializes in taking the broken pieces and making masterpieces. Yep, God does that. He redeems everything you've been through, even the bad decisions you've made. He redeems them. He absolutely does. And you and I become a trophy of His wonderful grace. So stop limiting yourself and stop limiting what God wants to do through you. Please stop. Please. God is for you. He is not standing against you. Nope, you have not lost too much time. Nope, you're not too young. Nope, your past does not have the power to keep you from God's preferred future for you, your family, your marriage, your life, your ministry, your calling. Get back in the game because the cross, <laughs> well, the cross changed everything. Limiting beliefs will prevent us from living from our purpose. Listen to me. God's best for you is out in front of you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Transformational Truths. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, do me a favor. Go over to Apple iTunes, write me a review. Um, I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. 